Please go ahead, sir. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Sorry we are a few minutes late. We'll get right to it. Without any further ado, I'd like to turn it over to WRE's Executive Vice President of Talent Live Events and Creative, Paul Levesque. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I'm uh, just going to jump right into it as uh, this is a really exciting period of time uh, just around NXT and kind of around everything we're doing in general. I'll just kind of run you through the week that just the NXT performers alone have, have had um, they were in England for the Download Festival this week, where the first round of the UK tournament um, that will take place at Royal Albert Hall on the 18th and 19th um, started. That first round took place at the Download Festival. They were there. They went from there to Paris, from Paris to Antwerp. They will come back and do Louisville and Evansville on their way to Chicago on the 16th for TakeOver, which we'll talk about that card, obviously. We will then leave um, Chicago to fly to London to go to Royal Albert Hall for the UK tournament and the second day, which is kind of a combo show between UK and, and NXT. That is on the 18th and 19th at Royal Albert Hall. Um, if you saw the UK tournament last year, I think you can uh, see what to expect in this. The level of talent there um, that we'll be bringing is off the chart. and. Um, I'm really excited for that, uh, as are a lot of people, as you've seen in the promotion, Shawn Michaels is coming to Europe, getting Shawn to go anywhere overseas is sometimes difficult, <laughs> so uh, he's very excited about this, I'll be there, and um, we'll be crowning a, a new uh, tournament champion, who will then the second day face the UK champion, uh, Pete Dunne, there will also be a, a lot of other matches, NXT Women's Championship match, um, various other matches also on that card will be uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet teaming up to face Velveteen Dream and EC3 in, to me, what is kind of a, a, a dream match in some ways for a lot of people. Very epic. North American Championship will be uh, defended, as will the NXT Tag Team Championships as well. Those will be uh, two, two incredible nights at Royal Albert Hall, and then we will leave there and come back to the U.S. to do a full sale NXT taping on the 21st. So busy week for everybody, or busy weeks as they come into all this, um, and a, a massively exciting time. This takeover card, you know, I feel like we say it all the time, but very exciting and, and epic cards, and, and I, I kind of feel like we always get ourselves into the places we have the, the takeover before of like, man, how are we going to follow that one? Um, but for some, somehow, uh, the talent always seem to be able to do it and giving them that ball and letting them run with it. So um, this card, I think, will be no different. We will obviously tape some some matches for NXT the following week first, like we usually do. And then you get into an epic card of Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, who are just um, kind of coming to their own as a tag team against Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT Tag Team Championships in what, I can't even begin to, to imagine how great this will be. Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Um, to me, just two amazing athletes that uh, will take things to a whole nother level. I can't, it's hard to put who the better athlete is in that one. And, you know, when you look at somebody like Velveteen, who's basically a homegrown uh, NXT talent, um, just the progress and, and where he's at is amazing. Nikki Cross, Shayna Baszler uh, for the NXT Women's Championship will be uh, 
phenomenal, two completely different styles, but I think that will feed into each other very well. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, and maybe what is one of the most um, kind of emotionally charged and, and um, I don't know, I, I'd say it was a wonderfully told story so far of, of uh, two best friends and, and kind of now opposition of each other and this thing just escalating and keeping keeping building. Is, it's just been wonderfully told and they've done a fantastic job with it. Really looking forward to that. <clears throat> and then for the NXT Championship, Aleister Black, Lars Sullivan bringing something totally different to the table as just a big destroyer and something that Aleister Black has yet to face. So to me, I'm very excited about that one as well. And also when you look at Lars Sullivan, again, um, you're kind of a homegrown talent. And I bring that up because I think of sometimes a lot of people, um, as, as talent become bigger stars, they tend to forget where they came from and who came from. And sometimes I hear that like, oh, they don't build anybody from the ground up or anything, which is what it's supposed to do. But I beg to differ. Uh, look at that main roster. I can, I can pick a bunch of names out of there that, that, uh, step foot in the ring with us for the first time. And, and this is no different. So, um, exciting time. I will mention, um, and I'm going to mention it again before we get off the call as a reminder that this, uh, this week after after takeover in Chicago, we will be doing a post kind of media live for for the people that are there, as we did at WrestleMania takeover, um, and then a conference call with the folks that aren't there afterwards. I feel like the response to that from all of you was very positive. Everybody seemed to think it was a great um, thing, and we're very excited to do it. Uh, so um, I look forward to doing that again and speaking to you all after the event is over. And, uh, hopefully it goes uh, hopefully it's a positive experience <laughs> on, on everybody's part so uh, anyways I'll now open it up to calls um, also if anybody wants to chat about uh, the performancecenter.com site if there any questions on that uh, feel free uh, but with that let's uh, let's open it up thank you if you'd like to ask a question please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad Speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. After the first question, we will take one follow-up question. Again, that is star one to ask a question. And we'll take our first question from Mike Johnson from PWInsider.com. Of course. Hey, Paul. <laughs> it's a, it's a awesome. who, won money this, who won money this time? Yeah, I think now we're just putting money on if you don't make it. It's the one time that you don't make it, someone's going to win a huge pot of money. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, Bobby Roode uh, did a media interview earlier this week in Arkansas talking about uh, that it was his understanding that the company is looking to build a larger, bigger performance center. Um, what's truth and what's inaccurate there? And if the company is looking to do that, do we have a location or a timeline? The thing with Bobby Roode is all of Bobby Roode's information is glorious. It's just not accurate always. Um, there, you know, we, we have no current plans um, for a larger facility that are in the works, but it's constantly something we're looking at, growing and evolving. I, I never want to be stagnant to where we are. Um, the Performance Center is... is um, you know, kind of the, the heart of what we do, I think, because it's it's creating the future and it's 
churning out all these talent plus the content that we're creating out of there. And there'll be some announcements on, on some new things that we're doing from there soon. But, um, you know, I'm always open to that concept and that idea of, of expanding out in the future. Is it in my mind? Absolutely. Have we started actually doing that yet or physically going down that road? We have not. Um, but, uh, I do appreciate Bobby's enthusiasm for it, certainly. And a quick follow-up. Lars Sullivan, obviously this is the biggest test of his run this far in WWE. What are you looking for out of him this weekend in terms of a performance and in terms of where you hope he is after the match? Um, you know, th th this is the the challenge, I think, in, in any – for anybody. I don't, I don't actually don't – it doesn't matter to me where they come from because everybody reacts differently to things. So you put little bits and pieces of the next step of kind of their evolution as a talent in front of them. Um, like you said, this is his biggest challenge to date. So far, all the things that he has uh, done and have been a part of, um, to, to, in my opinion, um, he's, he's either hit a home run or, or, uh, or some variation close to that, you know, um, that's why we're putting him in the position he's in. I expect him to exceed at this. I think that this is one of those things that I, I find that when you take a talent and you give them a responsibility that you think might be slightly past them, they always overachieve and, and exceed your expectations. Um, he has done that so far every single time. I think he's going to do it again here. Um, I expect him to go in a monster. I expect him to come out a bigger monster. Um, you know, the comparisons are made sometimes, like, you know, I hear people make comparisons with him to Braun Strowman or different people. He's a different kind of character. He's not a six foot eight or whatever Braun Strowman is, a uh, 400 pounder. He's, he's kind of this unique hybrid. And I think you see that in his work. Um, it comes down to confidence and ability and, and doing this over time and, and reps. Um, and he's, he's gaining that experience every single day. So, I think the sky is the limit for him um, in in the business in general, um, and I would expect this to be the next step. Like I said, in that evolution, and I think he's gonna he's gonna knock it out of the park. He's ready for it. All right, thanks for the time. I'm gonna go get in line for the next call. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and we'll take our next question from Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, like, ever since the, uh, the TV deals have been kind of talked about, I guess they're not officially announced by you guys, but it, it feels like this is now a business that we can really look years and years into the future. It's stable as hell, you know, thriving as hell because, because of the changes in the economy and everything. What do you see, like, like five, ten years from now, what's your ultimate dream of how this thing is going to work? Um, I mean, and I guess my question would be like, do you see something where, um, and, I, and the UK thing is kind of like the, the start of this, so, so to speak, where you have kind of like a television or some sort of an offshoot in the UK, maybe one in Mexico, maybe one in Korea, maybe one in India, maybe one in the Middle East, and, and, and then you have the big touring major company, obviously, that's, that's going to be the, the preeminent one, but with individual performance centers, you know, almost like a, you know, like a, a larger version of the old territory system. I mean, is that something that you envision, or do you think that that's 
that you're really going to look at more like, a, um, you know, what we have now. No, I, I think a lot of what you said is accurate. Um, first, I just because you mentioned Korea, I just want to just you, you're aware that I really wasn't there at the Kim Jong, that, like that. that was, <laughs> yeah, right. That was, it was it was photoshopped. I mean, I I I did broker a lot of the start of it, but then I had to get out of it. and I couldn't make it there in person, so I wasn't actually there for that. Um, but I do, I do appreciate the artwork. Very very clever. Um, I popped on it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's part of the vision for me. Is if if you saw the. Um, if you saw our uh, brand presentation this year at WrestleMania, um, one of the things I talked about was uh, global localization, which is a kind of a term I made up. But like, it, it really is as as the world increases, it kind of gets smaller because of social media and and everything on the internet and and the ease of getting all of that, and the infrastructure becomes better everywhere. Um, that allows you to be in markets more frequently. There's a strong demand for us in a lot of markets where we are restricted by geography and nothing more. So, you know, when when it comes to the UK, there's a, a, a massive rabid fan base there, but we go there twice a year. We'd love to be there more, but it, it's, it just comes down to geography of it. India, same thing. Uh, Middle East, there's so many places, right? The geography makes it difficult to get to in large touring groups. Live television makes it difficult. Um, all of that. As that technology becomes better, the live television component of it becomes more doable in other places, the, um, you know, effectively and cost effectively. But from a, from a standpoint of brands, you know, one of the things that I said there, if you, if you take a kid from you know Dubai or whatever and that kid grows up watching WWE comes to an age where he thinks this is what I want to do he you know applies through something like the performancecenter.com site you know he's an amazing athlete he gets chosen he comes up there in a localized brand where he becomes kind of popular within his own region only to then get called up through NXT and they follow that journey through NXT through the main roster. He goes to Raw SmackDown and years later he's on the main roster and he's at WrestleMania. What what does that do engagement-wise to that market? That's the Yao Ming NBA equation to the 10th degree, right? And um, I think that is part of the goal. How that pans out over the next five, ten years, um, it's hard to say. If you've ever had to do business in any of those places, is a lot to go through and it's a lot to handle. Even even with the UK um, in, in the position we're in, to do it right, it's not as simple as hey, you just go over there, run a show, and then start another show, and then you're you're off and running. You know, there's a lot to it, and it's a lot of trying to balance out all the other pieces of the puzzle for us. So that. That is definite part of the equation and, and seeing how that grows and kind of formulating that old, as you mentioned it, the old territory system, but on a global basis. And and being able to interchange talent throughout that globe and give them different experiences. And as people are learning, they might spend three, six months in the UK, but then they go over to India for three months or six months, whatever. It, having that ability to do that will increase people's abilities and skill levels um, at, at a at a massive rate, you know what? Another another thing was sort of um in that in that realm. Um, I got a, a, somebody had written me from one of your shows in in Europe, and um, 
it was, you know, most of the reviews, they, they're usually pretty positive about the NXT shows. Um, and, and, and this was a very positive review, but there were certain people, and I, I noticed, like, you've got certain guys there that are just immensely talented, that with a lot of experience, you know, and, and you know, Adam Cole or Ricochet or Kyle O'Reilly or, you know, Roderick Strong, and there's there's endless number of them. And then you've got other people who you're, are your Lars Sullivan's, for example, homegrown, and they're not as experienced. They may even have more potential in the long run. Who knows? But but the thing is, is when people see them, because the, the level now that you have of the top guys and the quality of the matches of the top guys is, is so strong, it almost makes people think that these other guys who, who, who have no business being at that level, even though Velvet, Velvet, Velveteen Dreams come pretty close, um, are like, oh, they're not that good because the kind of like the comparison level has changed so much. Um, I don't know if this is, I mean, it's, I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing, but I'm just wondering if you've thought about that because it was like someone who just said like, oh, this guy couldn't follow the guy before, and I'm going like, well, the guy before has been wrestling for 15 years all over the world, and this guy's been around for three, and he's pretty damn good for three. But I did understand when you're in the arena and you, and you watch a show like that, that that's kind of, uh, there, there is something to that too. Yeah, but look, at, at the same point in time, if everybody's just at the same skill set and the show's all the same, it's all the same. You know, I think that that is part of the growth process. I think that's taking a guy, <clears throat> um, you know, you use Lars Sullivan as an example, so I'll stick with it. But if you if you take Lars Sullivan and you're just working him in a place where he's the best guy there, he's, just, that's, he's done growing. Um, you know, he's got to be moved up to a place where he is not the best guy. And he is underneath some other guys who are stealing the show and it's pissing him off. And he's going to go out there every night and figure out a way. A lot of this comes down to the talent. You know, it, it, their desire to be better, their desire to do more. They're, um, like, if you're on the card and you're not, you're not doing better than the guy before you or you can't follow this other guy, man, you, you're going to work really hard to do it. And having those other people to work with that have that experience is part of that growth process as well. When a, when a Lars Sullivan has a guy, you know, and, and you, you can look at Adam Cole, and I see a massive difference in Adam Cole since he's been with us and his psychology and the way he does things and his ability to work cameras and all that. So his learning process is great. But also, while he's in a part of that learning process for him, a guy like Lars Sullivan is getting in the ring with him here and there um, along his journey and picking up immensely, right? You learn from those guys you're in the ring with. You step up to be as good as they are. You either step up or you get left behind. And the beauty of this business is when top guys, guys with more experience, guys that have that ability – Without bringing themselves down and stepping down to those other talent, they bring them up. I don't want anybody to work back to somebody else to work down. I want them to bring them up to them and help them get up to them. And, and as a talent, to be in Adam Cole's position and work with a guy like Lars Sullivan a bunch and all of a sudden see the light bulb start going off for Lars Sullivan where through Adam's help and through us guiding him and saying, here's what you're doing wrong, here's how to make it better, here's how that works. Because, you know, all those shows are reps. And, and getting them to that next level and getting to them to improve. If any of those guys two years from now are the same performer they are right now, then I failed. They, they should all be better in some way 
a year from now, six months from now, two years from now, they should all be better. All the guys, all the girls, all of them. You know, that that's what we're doing. So they don't have to be perfect now. They just got to get better every day. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, man. Thanks for the questions, Dave. And we'll take our next question from Jim Versalone from Miami Herald. Yeah, hey, Paul. Uh, Danny hey, Birch, you know, a.k.a. Martin Stone, he was killing it on the Florida Indies. Got to see him wrestle there. All levels of talent on the Indies, all styles. And with you guys having this influx in the U.K., do you think that all helped him in getting back here at NXT? And what do you see from him this time around? Uh, you know, it's funny. When Danny was with us the first time, um, you know, so, sometimes it just doesn't work out in the moment, and it didn't work out in the moment. But we always had our eye on him, and we've, it's, uh, you know, we, we stay in touch with a lot of people just because they left us in the moment. Uh, in, in his situation doesn't mean we still weren't in contact with him and still working with him. Um, we used him in the UK last year. We used him for some other stuff along the way. We've used him in individual moments. And to quite honestly, we've been using him for a while under the guise of me wanting to bring him back in in a bigger way. I just didn't have the space for him. You know, it comes down to at some point in time, how many people can I fit in the PC? How many people do I have a space available for? And budgetarily, who, who do I have what, right? Like, so, um, there, there, you know, there's a lot of talent out there that over the course of time, I have to make decisions on, you know, I, I see people say it all the time, wow, why wouldn't they have this person in developmental? They're so good. They're working on the Indies. Because they're still learning. They're learning, doing what they're doing. They're getting a ton of work. So, for me, I go like, hey, you know what, great, we're going to stay in touch with this person if we see something obvious, we're going to give them advice. We're going to keep them moving, and we're going to stay in contact with them. And then when the time is right, we'll bring them in because I just don't have the space right now. Um, you know, Danny was in that. It was never, hey, we just lost faith in this guy, and then somehow he went out and, look, he, he if you look at his physique, he completely went and rededicated himself to it and uh, got in tremendous shape and just he, he did a lot of things on his own without us telling him to do any of that. He went out and did all these things to improve his career and uh, what he wanted to do, and he's been working his ass off to, to get better and better and better. And he's been doing that in his own. We've stayed in touch with him and given him guidance along the way. He's worked a lot of NXT shows for us along the way, and I'm, I'm happy that he's back with us now. And, and to me, you know, uh, both by himself and together uh, with Oni, they've really stepped up to another level now and, and really um, begun to, to – to increase their value, and, and, it, and it just takes just takes time, you know. And then with social media, how active do you want talent that comes into the Performance Center on social media, and are there classes training the Performance Center on social media, how to be active, have fun, being responsible, and any protocol to follow? Yes, there is. Uh, we, so we do. Uh, you know, part of what we um, – do in the performance center is I'm, I'm not just building like, Oh, here, just learn how to go in the ring and do this and, you know, do what we do on TV. And that's good. It's, it's everything, right? So we're trying to give them uh, financial training of making them, you know, be responsible for their lives and their careers and all that stuff. We're giving them media training so that they understand how to use the media to help their careers and how, how to, you know, protect themselves and, and everything else. Um, we give them social media training. We give them, um, you know, we have language classes so they can, if, if you're from outside, we're 
teaching how to speak English. If you're from uh, here and you speak English, and, you, and the very popular uh, story about it is Cena, right? Cena took advantage of something that we offer. We offer it to everybody, but he was very aware of it through the Performance Center, and that's how he got involved in it, to learn Mandarin. Um, you know, it, it's something that we do with everybody. So social media training, um, how, how to build a brand through it, how to promote yourself um, and WWE, but how to do all of it and be responsible with it and protocols for it and all that. Do people make mistakes? Yeah. Do they uh, do they learn from those mistakes? Yes. Do they... Um, you know, do they handle it properly? You know, that, that's what that's what we're constantly working on about how to how to use those things. Very, very powerful tools, right? Very powerful tools. All of it. I mean, uh, no, no need to look past the. I mean, you, every celebrity out there, The Rock. I mean, you know, all the way up to the president. It's a, it's a way to at the tap of a button, you can reach depending on the level that you get at millions of people and, and put your message out there positively or negatively for yourself. Um, and it's how people perceive you. So um, it's, it's a great thing to do. And that social media buzz, it's one of the things I'm really proud about about NXT in general is we don't do a lot of promotion. You know, the, the, when you think about it, the brand exists on the network. We don't do a lot of promotion. We really don't spend marketing dollars at all. We, we promote through, through social media and, and um, everything else, and, and it's been very successful. So it's a very powerful tool, but you have to use it well, and, and uh, we do a lot of training on that. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. And we'll take our next question from Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. Hey, Paul. Uh, Ricochet missed the uh, show in Belgium yesterday, and there's a speculation that it's injury-related. Can you comment on his status for Saturday and going forward? Nigel just tweaked himself a little bit in the in the show um, in uh, Paris. I, I believe I'm saying the right here, but Paris. I mean, my, <laughs> we have so many shows in so many places. I I to lose track of him. Uh, tweaked himself a little bit in Paris. He's he's not uh, injured. We just don't didn't want to take a chance with it. And uh, with Takeover being um, just just down the just down the road a bit here, and you know. The one, the one thing with athletes and and uh, and you know this and, and across the board for for kind of any sport and and for us uh, especially these you know these guys are thoroughbreds and and, and girls and and uh, you have somebody has to pull the reins on them and tell them you know let's let's back off today let's step up here um, it is physical business and and uh, yeah he just t- tweaked his shoulders a little bit and, and uh, he, but he's fine. Great. And, and also, I, I know it's not NXT, but um, the UK Championship Tournament falls under your umbrella yeah, yeah. projects. Uh, can you explain the decision to not air it live and instead air it a week after it's going to take place? Well, um, it, it, so it was a, a multi-pronged decision that was made, but one of the decisions that, that came into it for me was the availability of Royal Albert Hall. Um I, I, you know, the, I think the last, I might mess up the dates, either 95 or 96, and I don't remember which one, uh, was the last wrestling uh, performance WWE wrestled, had a, had a card there. I was actually on it. I believe it was might have been 96, but could have been 95. But um, in Royal Albert Hall was the last wrestling they did. And um, it's a spectacular venue that has just this amazing history. And they just didn't have anything in there for the longest time wrestling related and um 
we'd been kind of knocking on the door and trying to get in there and you know WWE it's kind of too small for the main roster perfect for NXT we've been banging on the door they finally kind of got whiff of what of what NXT is and were like they called us back and said hey we'd love to have you and the problem with World Albert Hall is availability and um, the date became available and, and the two dates that became available were a um, were a Monday and a Tuesday um, that are coming up was the 18th 19th of June right and you know it's problematic of a live television show on the same day we're shooting a live raw the night after a live pay-per-view the night after a live takeover it just became problematic and I really wanted to run that venue to me the ambiance of Royal Albert Hall it just it's a very meaningful um you know, we, we were looking at trying to come back into um, Blackpool um, kind of with the anniversary of the first tournament, but it, they were doing construction. And anyway, long story short, I wanted the building. I wanted the dates. I wanted that availability, and it worked out better to tape it. And um, that, that was kind of a, the biggest part of the decision-making to it. Um you know, hopefully we're going to have some bigger announcements coming out of the other side of this and about things going forward. So it, it seemed like the right thing to do. And I know that there are some people saying like, ah, but it's not live and social media. Well, just don't go on social media for a minute or don't don't read the results uh, first. But um, I, I promise it'll be spectacular. And, um, you know, there is um, something to be said to me sometimes about the amount of content that is being put out there, right? There's a lot. And you, yeah. if you, if you want to watch WWE, uh, on a weekly basis, you need to put a large portion of your life on the line here to watch all this programming and all that stuff. And there's a lot of choices to be made and a lot of everything else. I think part of the excitement to me about the network is that ability to go, look, I, I don't have time to watch it when it's live at that time on a Monday afternoon, knowing Raw's that night and all that stuff. So I'm going to watch it the following weekend in a better time slot when we can. It'll still be exciting and it'll still be great content. Um, so we'll, we'll see whether we'll see whether that was the right decision or the wrong decision long term, but um, that, that's why it was made. Well, thanks and good luck. Sounds like you have a uh, pretty busy stretch coming up here. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot. It's exciting, man. It's a lot of fun. We'll take our next question from Nick Housing from Wrestling Wrestle Zone. Hey, Nick. Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Sure, thank you. Uh, my question is about Paul Ellering. Uh, he's still listed as an NXT superstar, and I was wondering, is there any chance you guys have plans to pair him up with another talent or talents? Yeah, so, you know, when, um, when uh, AOP uh, kind of got the call and um, – you know, it was kind of a, a, a joint, I think, uh, I wasn't fully in that decision-making process of uh, of AOP coming in with Ellering or not. I, you know, I, I wondered at the time, even when we did it, um, of, you know, it's a full-time schedule on a, every single week, and it's a lot, right? So I didn't know whether Paul would even be interested in it or not, but what I did was when, when, when they kind of got the call and got the nod and Paul wasn't going to go with him, I... I Football side, I said, look, I don't want to do it today because I feel like it's, I don't want it to come across as a substitution, but I feel like when the time is right, 
I loved what Paul did for us in NXT, and I loved him being a part of the brand. He was great to have around. Talent really liked having him around and his insight and everything else. And, and he really did add something to AOP, both as characters on the show. He, he added credibility and, and um, everything to them, but also added something backstage to that. So, uh, yeah, I, I told him then, I'm, I want to look for something else. I want to look for the right thing, and uh, when I have it, I'll give you a ring, and if you're still free and available, uh, love to do it. You know, I think whenever we can use people like that that have something to contribute to the basis, whether that be Paul uh, here or whether that be even uh, I'll go back over across the sea and uh, look at Johnny Saint in the U.K., uh, coming in there and being the GM for us in the, in the U.K., it's awesome. It's meaningful. I love that history. I love that old school uh, feel and, and they add something not only on camera but off uh, and as a follow-up to that about bringing in talent with experience uh there's a lot of smoke right now about Shawn michaels possibly wrestling a match in nxt uh is there any fire to that smoke and is there anyone you'd like to particularly like to see sean in the ring with the one thing i've learned about sean over the years is when it comes to smoke or fire you need to ask sean directly because rumors swirl around him all the time uh, it's the kind of guy he is. So um, if you want to know if what Sean is thinking, uh, the only way to really get a direct answer on that is to ask Sean. Cool. Can we get a, a media call with Sean then? <laughs> you can try. I guarantee he'll say no, but you could certainly try. Um, if you catch him someplace, I'm sure he'll be happy to answer uh, for you. Cool. Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate it. You got to TMZ him at the airport or something like that. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll hunt him down with my camera. I can't say he won't kick you, but go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. Appreciate it. I right, We'll take our next question from Raj Geary from Wrestling C. Hi, Paul. Thanks for taking the call. Sure, man. Thank you. Um, my question is, uh, with Johnny Saint coming in as uh, general manager and uh, the return of the UK Championship Tournament, how have plans for the UK division changed uh, since the last tournament last year? Well, I think the the uh, I, I want to say the plan is sort of kind of still the same. Um, obviously, it's it's morphed some. Obviously, it took a lot longer than I would have liked um, to get to where we are going back in there and doing this again. In the meantime, I think we've exposed. You know, some incredible talent like Pete Dunn and Trent Seven, Wolfgang and Tyler and, you know, everybody to the world that weren't getting to see them on, on you know, as as many people as do now on a on at least semi-regular basis. Um, so I think it's been successful. Just just that part of it has is, is been great. But um, going forward, the plan is still the same. The plan is still to get something rolling on the ground there and to uh, to move it in that direction. We're headed in that direction. Hopefully, we'll have some uh, some further announcements soon. Okay, and and as a follow up, kind of uh, going back to what Dave mentioned earlier with uh, just how in demand live sports oriented programming is right now for networks, and as NXT continues to evolve and grow, and with the amount of talent that you have right now, uh, could you see NXT going live down the road and possibly either moving it to cable or creating a second show for a cable network? Yeah, I, I think. Um, 
you know, to, to your point, the, the landscape of the world changes on a regular basis, whether that be cable, live television, uh, broadcast television networks and OTT services and everything else. Um, it's changing on a daily basis. So, you know, my point of view on that would be never say never. Um, you know, Ron SmackDown, obviously the juggernauts, that'll never change. But um, NXT is kind of grown into its own. Uh, we say it all the time. It's, it's gone. It still is in some way at its core uh, uh, where people are developing, right? But at, and also at the same point in time, they're still developing when they're on Raw and SmackDown. I think you never stop doing that in this business. So um, it really has become a third brand, an alternative brand, um, the brand that is just something different. I think it's different from both Raw, certainly, and SmackDown. Um and it, and it has its own wide fan base, and I think that uh, I think that there's interest there. So I just I, you would never say never for me. It's it's all in what comes up down the line. Great, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. The next question will be the last one. And we'll take our next question from Ryan Satin from Pro Wrestling Sheet. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, Paul, hey, how thanks are you? for taking the call. Good. Yeah, hey, how, are you? how are you doing? Good. Good thing. Uh, most of my questions were just asked, Raj. Actually, that's the last one. But I had one more on my list. Uh, recently, you guys had some wrestlers who were NXT alumni return at live events. Uh, how did that get set up? And is that something that you'd like to see continue, maybe at a takeover in the future? Yeah, I, I look, it's cool opportunities. You know, um, sometimes... Uh, when when you're at the level those guys are at, man, they just want to work and they want to they want to go have fun and they want to be out on the road every night and they want to be doing what they do. And and um, there's been opportunities that constantly, uh, you know, uh, luckily for us, most everybody that was in NXT has such a great time there that even when they're on the main roster, they're almost always all coming back to me going, hey man, if I'm ever off and you guys are running shows, I'd love to come work there. You know, and, and just do some some shows and have fun. Um, so there were some opportunities that came up where uh, I think the revival. You know, there was a, a a week where they were off and we were running some some shows. And you know, it, it comes down to to me giving fans something cool and what they wanted. And it was a unique opportunity to have this like really cool surprise appearance and just doing some some things with some other talent. I'd love it, especially when it's talent that are meaningful to. Um, to that NXT world and, and mean something to that fan base. I think over time, I think you will see, um, you know, maybe not on the the top end uh, of the guys that are in the most deep storylines because they're, you know, they're, they're busy and they're, they're needed on those shows, but, you know, sort of bottom top middle guys, bottom guys of, that are uh, not necessarily, and I don't even mean that as, as, you know, bottom all the time. I mean, in just not engaged in a deep storyline at that moment where they maybe can be off of a show that you might see them pop up on NXT, maybe even pop up on NXT television. I think it's kind of the interesting thing of having the multiple territories globally as well, where they could pop up anywhere at any given time. And it's, and it's exciting for fans across the board, no matter what, there's just that, that you never know what's going to happen and, and somebody could show up, you know? Well, I used to love uh, when you guys had people from the main roster come back to NXT. Is there anyone, just as a follow-up question, is there anyone on the main roster right now, maybe not someone that was already in NXT, that you think would uh, 
would do well in, you know, getting a refresh down in NXT, kind of like Tyson Kidd had done back in the day? Yeah, you know what? It's, it's funny that because the brand has come into its own so much that we uh, somebody else has brought that up to me. The other way, we were watching something, and uh, it was the Cesaro, Sami Zayn one, you know, and then brought up the fact that, she's remember Cesaro came back and did all that stuff with us and how good it was and how cool it was and, you know, really um, helped the brand, helped Cesaro, I think, at that point in time kind of make everybody go like, oh, man, he's a lot more than I thought he was. And I think it kind of helped him get to that next level as well. And Tyson did that. I would love that. You know, um, it's, it's almost sometimes where we we are now we're kind of like deep in talent. I see people saying to me uh, right now, like, well, why is EC3 not in Chicago? You know, on the pay-per-view card in Chicago. Well, because EC3 is not in Chicago. I didn't have room for him on the, (laughs) on the, on the card, I got I got to kind of spread these things out and move them because we have such a deep roster, and that's awesome. You know, I'll go back to to, to me. It's uh, you know, not every fighter fights in the UFC cards. It's just what it is, and and I don't think they all have to be on there. And you can ebb and flow storylines and move guys around. I think you could do the same thing through the brands. I'd love to bring some guys back that could use that refresh. Um, you know, the business has changed. It used to be that a 10-year career in WWE was very, very few and far between, and um, that was the rarity. Now that's that's much more commonplace. You see guys here for a long period of time. For them to go somewhere else for and refresh for a minute and come back, um, I think is a positive for everybody. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up today's conference call. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. I uh, really appreciate the call. If you want to flip phones and jump over to the U.K. uh, conference call, we're about to go do that one now. But um, thank you guys for the the questions and the input. It's it's always um, funny. I, I feel like I do these calls sometimes to answer questions for you guys, but the questions, I learn a lot about the way stuff's being considered and thought of. And I learn a lot from these conference calls with all of you. So thank you for doing them because it makes me think differently. And it makes me um, think just because of the way the questions are asked and how they're asked, it makes me think about things. So uh, thank you for that. And I will mention one last time before we go that uh, at um, takeover in Chicago after takeover, I will be doing again, a post show, uh, sort of live in-person press, I don't know what the term would be, I guess conference, grouping, something. Uh, we can maybe need to come up with a name for that. And then uh, the, a conference call as well. So uh, I look forward to doing that there. And uh, hopefully I'll get to see all you guys there. So thank you for today. To those that are going to be at TakeOver, I'll be in touch. Uh, to those who are not, we will set up a conference call approximately a half hour after the end of the show. And details will be coming soon for that. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.